Welcome and greetings, career-minded superstars. You are listening to the exclusive Career Coach, your podcast for all things career. And I'm Lisa Edwards, the indispensable career coach for superstars just like you. Now let's dig into this week's topic, shall we? Greetings. How is everybody doing today? I am super excited for my guest today. So I, if you've been listening in July, I've sort of let July, August, and, and into September be sort of a potpourri of all things fantastic. So there's no particular theme this summer. It's just fun topics and fun guests. And today is definitely one of those. Um, this is someone that I worked, started working with last year. And uh, I got to meet Lauren. I was going up in June to see my son and do some business up in the New York area. And I got to meet her in person. And we had a lovely time um, just getting to know each other in person. So Lauren, uh, why don't you introduce yourself? Thank you, Lisa. Um, So I currently live in New York and I went to school at UMass Amherst and graduated in 2014. I, after I graduated, I started right after graduation at Wilhelmina. I was an intern for about two weeks before I was hired as the assistant to the director. I was then promoted about a year later to junior agent, and I started working, um, getting to know the modeling agents, modeling, you know, industry, fashion industry something that sounds very glamorous and exciting, and it was, and, um, and then I was ready for a change about, I guess, two years ago now, um, so then I reached out to Lisa, and now I am at a company called Pulsed. We sell discounted experiences and events throughout Manhattan, Brooklyn, Queens area, and um, I'm excited to talk about my job search and things that have helped me so that I can try and help others as well. Yeah, that's what I really wanted Lauren on the podcast for was to talk to you guys about why she reached out for professional help and what kind of help she got and what that experience was like and what her job search was like. So I've got questions all around that for you guys because I think that what she'll have to say is information that you guys can certainly relate to. And Lauren, tell, remind me and, and list, tell the listeners, what did you major in in college? So I majored in communication and I minored in psychology. Okay, excellent. So, all right. So we've got a little bit of your background. What was the situation at your current job that you, that you had at the time at Wilhelmina that caused you to want to seek help? So why did you know it was time for a change? So I had been there about three years when I realized I was ready for a change. I felt like I had maxed out. I had learned a lot and there's a point where you kind of plateau. And I was working with people who had been doing the same exact thing for 10, 20, 30 years and they loved it. And that's totally great if that's what you love to do. Um, It didn't seem like there was much, there was much higher that I could go. And I know there are different paths. I could have become a director. I could have become eventually the vice president, president. I could have climbed that ladder, but that is sort of a long-term path. And I really love to learn. And I wasn't totally excited about the modeling industry and the fashion industry. And it's totally not for everyone. 
which I learned myself. I thought it was really great when I had started. I was really excited, and I think I had a great team that I was working with. I had a really amazing boss who I am still very close with. Uh, she's a mentor to me. And so I was just ready to try something new. This was the first thing I did right out of college. I didn't know anything else. Um, I had other internships while I was in college, but I uh, was really just ready for another industry. An another industry, a change of pace. So it was interesting because I started at a time where things were going really well for the, um, for the agency. And there was a change in upper management, which really shook things up. A lot of people were leaving. Um, my boss had left. There was a lot of political issues as well. So that, I think, pushed me out a bit faster. Yeah, and, and one of the things I think is interesting, and I remember having these conversations with you when, when you and I were working together, was that you saw people there that were really passionate about that industry and wanted careers, had had careers in it, and you just didn't relate to that. Right, yeah, and I think a lot of people, and it's interesting because when I was interviewing, people asked me why I wanted to leave such a huge name, such an interesting and glamorous business. And I think just like any other business, it really is very hard work as much as there are fun parties and you're working with models who are on the covers of Sports Illustrated and in Victoria's Secret. I needed more to feel fulfilled. And I, I have friends who still work in the industry who love it. And they're, you know, it is a changing industry for sure. I just felt like I could be more excited elsewhere and I was ready to learn again because although, you know, there are always little situations here and there where we're always learning, I didn't feel like there was much more for me personally. And how long before you reached out to me, would you say this dissatisfaction had been sort of brewing? Yeah, so I would say about six months prior, I had started to look on my own, and I really didn't know where to begin because I had a very, very uncommon and very lucky situation where, Wilhelmina, I applied to blindly on entertainmentcareers.net to an anonymous modeling agency. Um, it, there was, and I'll never forget this, there was a snow day that I had when I was at UMass in my last year, and everyone was going out, they were like sledding, like there was a ton of snow, and I stayed in, I also, I graduated a year earlier than my class, so no one could understand why I didn't want to be out and enjoying the <laughs> snow day, and I just sat, and this is the first day I decided to sit and apply to jobs, it was the March before I graduated. I applied to Wilhelmina, not knowing I applied to Wilhelmina, heard back a few hours later, um, came home for spring break, had an interview uh, that <laughs> lasted 15 minutes, and I called my mom when I was done, and she was like, oh, God, there's no way you're getting this. And I said, no, I got a really good feeling from these people. I think I got it. And before I even got home, I heard that I had the internship. And even once I started, it was just very uncommon for an intern to be hired after two weeks. Yeah. There are people there who intern for six months, a year, and they have to fight to get hired. And I was so fortunate. I had no, 
real interview process, no real job application process, um, which was so great. But then when I was ready to change roles, it kind of gave me a wake up call. Like I had no clue what I was doing. So I was trying for about six months. I was just applying sort of sending my resume out wherever I thought was interesting. Um, and what sounded interesting, and I was getting zero love. So um, luckily, I had my mom's friend had you had worked with you, mm-hmm. and that's how I got your contact information. And I remember um, starting about six months after I had started looking. Okay, so doing a very passive job search at that point, and just yeah. wasn't yielding the results, and you felt kind of like, "What am I doing here? Am I even? Do I even know what I'm doing? I don't think I do." Right. And I also just thought that's the way it worked. I was like, okay, send a resume out, hear back right away, go for an interview. (laughs) I I really had no idea what the process entailed. Yeah. With your sample size of one, you were like, this is how it always works, right? This is it. Yeah. So yeah. So there were some advantages to that quick turnaround with Wilhelmina, but it definitely set you up for some disadvantage down the road, huh? Absolutely. So what you, I looked up what you, um, what your package entailed with me, and I wanted you to kind of address what was most beneficial to you and why. So you got, I wrote your resume, LinkedIn profile, and your cover letter. That was Mm -hmm. step one. And then we did your land, your dream job, job search coaching program. So I take you through the steps for an active job search uh, that isn't focused on job boards. Then we also did interview coaching. I gave you LinkedIn training. And then we had the ongoing accountability and support call. So you could come back to me every couple of weeks, touch base, kind of see what's working, what's not, and kind of do course corrections. Talk to me about what was most beneficial. Yeah. So I think the most beneficial was the accountability and support calls because this was, again, something that was very new to me. I had no idea how much effort had to go into finding a job. And I had always heard, oh, finding a job is a full-time job. (laughs) And I didn't treat it as a full-time job at first. And I think it, because it was so easy for me the first time I was looking for a job, it really threw me. So, um, I also, I had a lot of downtime in the time that I was looking um, for my next job. So I was using that time not super wisely at first. And I'm a very self-aware person. So I knew exactly like when I should have been looking for jobs and networking, I was watching Big Little Lies and different TV shows. And I think I remember the conversation I had with you. And I'm so glad I was able to, I had, I had these calls scheduled frequently enough that I didn't, it didn't get to a point where it consumed me, where I, my, you know, procrastination. Um, and I think what really helped me is at first, what's helped me was that you really understand my personality type. <laughs> so, um, you understand that I like to make lists and I like to cross things off and, and, you know, feel accomplished. So what we had discussed was coming up with a game plan for how I was going to take on each day, um, what I was going to focus on and just sort of breaking it down maybe by hours or by how many phone calls or how many emails or how many people I would connect with on LinkedIn that I found so helpful because I loved 
again, crossing things off the <laughs> list. So that really helped me, you know, give me some structure and it helped guide me in the right direction. Whereas if I didn't have those accountability calls, you know, I was super happy to have my resume written and cover letter and LinkedIn and, and doing the whole interviewing and LinkedIn coaching. But I think without the accountability that all would have gone, you know, that all would have been wasted because I didn't know what to do with my time. Mm-hmm. Um, I think, you know, when I talk to people, it's interesting because I have friends who have wanted to switch jobs, not necessarily career paths, but just jobs in general, which is, you know, go from, you stay in the same industry. Right. And that's easier than completely switching industries. And they are still, you know, they've been talking to me for months, almost a year that they want to leave and they just don't do anything about it. And I think when you have someone on top of you and it, it wasn't smothering by any way, <laughs> by any means, but you have to take ownership for what you're doing and I think without it, I would have really struggled and I don't know if I necessarily would be where I am now. So I really, the account, holding me accountable was the best thing you did for me, Lisa. Yay. Well, <laughs> and I love that you said that because I think when I, when I talk to clients, prospective clients about the services in the package that, that I most frequently um, am talking to them about, the accountability is in there. And I don't think that they, it's, it almost they feel like it's a throwaway, like, oh, okay, that's just a little extra thing. And I think it's the gem of the whole thing because having somebody to come back to, to say, okay, here's what's working, here's what's not working. And, and a lot of times, because I've got a client right now, we just come back on those calls and we talk, we work on his thoughts because his thoughts are getting in the way of his job search. And so we just come back and he just needs a course correction around his thoughts so that he can believe the good things about himself that are so true and and get out there and and kill it so thank you for that feedback i love that so talk talk about what your you know you were talking about job search you kind of weren't doing a lot weren't spending a lot of time on it mostly passive but tell us kind of some of the good parts and the bad parts you know before and then after you worked with me what were the highs and the lows before I started working with you, as I had mentioned, I was, it was very passive. I was just sending emails out. I would take, you know, my lunch hour, go out with my computer to a coffee shop and just apply away. And I didn't realize how much time I was just wasting because I was, I had no idea that the resume, there was the automatic tracking system and that there were those keywords that you know, if, if your resume doesn't hit any of those keywords, it's just gone. I think it's funny. I look back and I'm like, wow, I could have just <laughs> enjoyed my lunch break at that point. But um, <laughs> I, uh, so I really, I, it was, there really weren't many highs when I wasn't working with you. Um, when I was working with you, I think I could start to see the light at the end of the tunnel. I felt like I was never going to have a, a new job and that I was going to be stuck in an industry that I wasn't totally excited about. So it took a little time when we started working together. Um, you know, when I was sending resumes out and connecting with people in my network, it took a little bit of time before I started getting interviews, but I, it's just the law of attraction. Like a few came in and then I just started getting them more and more. And 
I would just take every interview I got. I remember going to an interview after I had a phone interview and I knew from speaking to her on the phone, I had no interest in working for her. And she kind of sounded like she was laying down in bed when she was talking to me or that she was hungover. It was very strange. <laughs> and I remember going in and I met with her and two other people at the same time. And they worked in kind of a co-working space, like a similar to a WeWork and they didn't have a conference room ready. So we were kind of just walking around all over and it just kept confirming that I, I had no interest in working there. So it actually kind of made me feel more comfortable to talk to them. And I think that interview perfected my interviewing skills. I was so on, and it's funny because in an interview, I know like you're supposed to be sitting up kind of, you know, more towards them. And the people who work there tend to be more laid back. They're leaning back. It felt like it was the other way around. They were leaning into me and I'm kind of sitting back and I'm like, Oh, and you know, talking about all my accomplishments and all these things. And they were fascinated and they kept asking me more questions. I was like laughing after, like, I know I could have gotten that job. And at this point I really just want a new job and I could take it. But I think that really helps my confidence. And I think that was after my phone interview with my current job. Which so, I think it's fascinating that you, you know, you oftentimes know what you want. It's all about contrast, right? So, mm -hmm. you know, you're more clear on what you do want because you've had these experiences of what you don't want, whether you're talking about jobs or spouses or whatever it is. So well, tell us about how you found out about your current job and then what that hiring process look like? Sure. So I came across my current job on a job post for a sales job um, at Pulse. So I had no interest in sales. Um, actually, what a lot of people don't realize is being an agent to models is a sales job because you're selling these girls and you're booking that you're getting them booked with clients and you have target numbers to hit every month. That was something I really didn't like and I knew I had no interest in. So I found that role and I was looking at the company bio and I was super interested in it. I had never heard of it before. So I went to the company website and I found the careers page and my role, which is business operations, was on the page, but it wasn't posted anywhere. So I wrote into the web to the um we have a careers at pulse.com. I wrote in and my current boss, Mareza, answered me right away, said that he, you know, he thought what I had to say and, and my experience could really translate to the, this open role. And we had a phone interview, uh, I think a few days later. My interview process was a long one. I think it was about five or six weeks. Um, from the beginning to when I had the offer. So I had my phone interview with my boss and then I met him in person the following week. Then the week after that, I met with the editor and then I met with my boss's partner who helped found Pulsed. And then I went in for lunch with the team. And then I, after lunch with the team, my boss and I went and got, uh, we went to a, uh, like a bar and we chatted a bit more about the job. And then he made me the offer 
before I got home again <laughs> uh, <laughs> that day. And then I, yeah, so from the, it was about the end of January to end of February almost. Like it was a really long process. And I kind of felt with each interview that I had it because they kept wanting me to meet more people. Mm-hmm. And another thing is that at the time I was joining a team of five. So cultural fit is very important, especially in like a startup environment. So I think, you know, he wanted to really make sure the whole team, you know, agreed and didn't want to just make a decision without them in mind, which I really appreciate um, as someone who was interviewing, because that means he doesn't just take anybody on, which can sometimes in much bigger companies, you know, everyone's kind of replaceable. They just, you know, someone leaves, they bring someone on very quickly. They don't really take into account the cultural fit, which is just super important. Um, Even in a bigger company, you know, every, things work much better when everybody likes each other and gets along. So I took that as a really good sign and I'm super happy, you know, ever since the day I started, I've just been so in love with what I do and I work 24 seven, but just love it. And I'm constantly learning. So it's, yeah, I'm very happy. I think that is so cool. And, and I'm wondering, did you stay in touch with them between all these interviews that went on for so long? Were you guys in communication in between interviews so you, they knew you were still interested and you knew the job was still open? Absolutely. So after each interview, I would thank whoever I met. And I, if I didn't know exactly what the next steps were, I would just kind of shoot an email and be like, hey, just met with so-and-so. It went really well. They really furthered my interest in the company. And I would kind of add a little personal touch about something that we talked about that excited me or that I was interested in so that he really knew like, okay, wow, she, you know, is taking the time to first write the thank you, which I've been interviewing lately. Um, We don't get a lot of thank yous, which drives me crazy, but also just taking the time to like write a little something about what you like about, you know, the company and, and what you'll be doing. I think it goes a really long way. He could obviously pick up on my interest. I think that's such a good point. I can remember I would get thank you notes when I was interviewing people when I was in higher education. And I could always tell if the person had written the thank you note before the interview because it was super generic. Uh The ones that said, I really like that. You know, it seems like my experience with whatever is a really good fit. I really love that we talked about this. That's how you know they wrote that you know, maybe five minutes after, because I would tell people, hey, if you're, if you're out of town, when you go to the interview, go out to your car, have your thank you notes with you, write them out, especially if it's kind of somebody my age, we love the, we love the written note, and they're so rare, you know, if it's somebody younger, that's more text, send them uh, an email, but do it quick, and just kind of let them know that you, you know, something about it that you liked, that you thought you were really good fit, so I love that. So what advice would you give to listeners who are either kind of going through a job search now or they're thinking they're going to start one in the near future? What are those kind of tidbits? This is actually an interesting one because my, one of my good friends is, um, she's going, she said she wants to start a job search in the near future. 
Mm-hmm. And I said to her, just start now. Why wait? You know, it could take a really long time to find a job. And even if you're not ready to do it right now, but something like totally great might come up and, you know, you don't want to miss it. I think what's really important when you're going through the job search, especially the interview process, is being able to connect with whoever you're interviewing with. Something I did mainly for Pulse because I was meeting so many people, I went crazy finding any information I I could on them. Um, And something I always did in interviews was I would try and slip it in. And this is where my psychology minor comes through. Um, I would just slip in something that I knew they were interested in to kind of make them feel like I'm someone who's familiar. I have similar interests. I remember I, the second person I had met who was at Pulse, who is actually no longer there, but she was vegan. And it was the winter time when I was going to interview. And I had a jacket that had fur trim on the hood. So I made a note not to take that jacket. I had a leather bag. I didn't take, I took a backpack because I just didn't want to risk her thinking anything poorly of me. Um, I also found, I mean, this is, was a unique situation. She has her own personal blog. So it was a little easier to find out this information, but I'm not a total stalker. (laughs) Um, she was really interested. She really liked to run. I'm a runner. She liked doing like these different fitness classes. So I just kind of slipped it in, you know, when we had more of a personal conversation, you know, just slipping that stuff in. I think subliminally people find you like them and like you more. So I think just doing your research, not only on the company, but who you're interviewing, and I wouldn't say to just start rattling off the places they've worked or or their aunt's name, but (laughs) little things where you can, you know, mention here and there, because it just kind of makes you, I don't want to say unique, but I don't think a lot of people are thinking to do that. And I think... I mean, I know now just when I interview, I was interviewing for interns and one of the interns who I actually hired, he's currently uh, working with us. He was telling me about something that he did, a project he worked on at school. And I have no idea if he, you know, looked me up on LinkedIn previously or whatever, but he mentioned something and it totally resonated with me because I was like, oh, I did that too. So we must be similar. You know, he must be, you know, a good fit for us because we have similar interests and similar backgrounds with internships and whatnot. Definitely do your research. I think that's a great point. And even if it's, you know, the person is a snowboarder and you've never snowboarded in your life, you could still be interested and ask them questions about snowboarding and how did they get started and where do they like to snowboard? And you can be curious about them, even if that's not a shared hobby. You certainly wouldn't want to. <laughs> I love these. I love these movies I watch where somebody pretends to have something in common with someone and then they get caught. <laughs> um, you know, I, I, that amuses me to no end. So, you know, don't do that. Cause then they'll start being like, so, you know, have you snowboarded down such and such a pass? <laughs> you're like, uh, yeah. And I mean, people really 
like to talk about themselves. That's something I learned very quickly when I started at Wilhelmina, when I was an intern for my first two weeks there. I asked so many questions just in general about the job, about how they you know, made certain decisions. But I also, I picked up on what they talked about a lot. You know, I worked with someone who had two dogs and, you know, loved these dogs and had the same, uh, basset hounds, actually. You have basset hounds, right? No, I have a coon hound, but she's- Oh, okay. So yeah, so she had had these dogs for, you know, many different dogs over the years. And, you know, that was something she truly loved. And um, I would ask about, you know, my boss's son and, and what he was up to for the summer, you know, getting really, um, and I think once you're in versus when you're interviewing is also a bit different, but it is important, I think, to listen. And people really like to share information as long as you, you know, you go about it the right way, you know, exactly. Like you're not too creepy about it. <laughs> right. Right. And you're not as the person sharing the information, you're not oversharing with. Exactly. So, so my final question to you, Lauren, is if somebody listening wants to work with either a professional resume writer and or a job search coach, what tips would you give them on how they would select the right person for them? That's a really interesting question. Like most friends or colleagues, you know, clients, whoever you work with in general, you get a pretty good feel for them, you know, their personality and their work ethic off the bat. And I think just kind of going with instincts can be very helpful. I'm also, my personality type is a little more, um, I'm a little more impulsive. So if I, you know, I think it is important to do your research and, and look at the if there are other resume writers and whatnot, just like if you're, you know, looking into, um, I don't know, different hotels on vacation, you know, some people like to do their research and, and see the whole, all their options. I think, you know, if you are speaking with someone and you get a good feeling from them, I think I would just go for it. Yeah. 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 And I, I, think I think that's good advice. Also, yeah. Just looking at, LinkedIn, any references that they might have. Um, I think that could also be really helpful because it's kind of like LinkedIn is sort of ha has these recommendations now. So it's kind of like Yelp on LinkedIn. Yeah. Um, so it makes it easier as well. Yeah. And the other thing I would add specifically with the, with the resume writing is, you know, ask to see samples. They should be on their website. So you can kind of get a feel for their work. So you can get a visual representation of the kind of work they do, then plus these recommendations that people have written about them. And then that third piece that's so important is just that gut reaction. Are we connecting? Because I've had, I've had prospective clients where I did not make an offer to help them because mm -hmm. we just weren't connecting. And so it didn't matter how they were perceiving the conversation. I was not comfortable working with them. And so I gave them as much help as I could, but I did not offer to work with them further. Yeah, that's interesting. Yeah. I think, um, yeah, similarly, you will have an idea as well if someone is interested in you and what you do. And I think what was sort of not exciting, you had mentioned to me that you hadn't worked with anyone, um, you know, in the fashion or modeling industry. 
And um, I actually really liked that because I like, it was refreshing to me to work with someone who didn't know the industry, didn't really need to know the industry either, because if I wanted to move within the industry, I could have just, you know, I could have gone to another agency without a problem. But I think it was nice because it felt like a, a break and I was just like moving in the direction I wanted Mm -hmm. to move in, you know? Well, I have worked in the modeling agency now because you've sent people my way. So now I have quite a a resume from uh, Wilhelmina. So is there anything else you would want to tell the listeners? I think it can be scary to be changing jobs, even if you're in the same industry. It's also, it's not easy. And I think the harder that you have to work for it, the better it feels. I wouldn't let the risk or the amount of effort that and time that you may have to put in scare you. I think if anything, it should propel you harder and drive you harder to get to your next step. Cause I just, I know from personal experience, I was struggling a lot and I was having a very hard time, you know, just emotionally, like, is this going to happen for me? Um, And I think good things really come to those who wait and, but also to those who work really hard and put a lot of effort into it. So I love it. I always love it gonna be someone who is there's gonna be someone else who's fighting for that job. So you just have to like fight harder. And it's like anything else that you set as a goal. If you give up, you're not gonna get closer to the goal by giving up. So let me stop job searching because this isn't working. <laughs> because right. you're you're less likely to get the job if you completely stop job searching than if you're at least making some effort and hopefully working smart uh, having some expertise in your uh, in your corner so that you're not having to do you know the things that aren't uh, don't yield great results you're you're being effective with your time yeah so lauren thank you so much for being on the podcast today i can't thank you enough i hope you guys have got a lot of insight about some from someone who is you know a few steps ahead of you maybe um, or at kind of where you're at in your career Um, Lauren as she mentioned she's been out about like five years right Lauren yeah Yeah. (laughs) old old lady right so um, if you guys know I always say I want to be your career coach so shoot me a question you guys have been shooting me emails you've been connecting with me on LinkedIn please remember to rate review and subscribe to this podcast we've got we want a lot more listeners we're getting a lot of awards and recognition so let's get the listenership up and uh, if you have an idea for a topic so um, a few weeks ago I did a topic on uh, how to find employment in the US as a foreign national that came directly from a LinkedIn connection who reached out to me with questions he's uh, he is a foreign national and he had questions about that and then interestingly enough I met made a new networking contact just this past Friday and his wife is from Turkey and having trouble finding a job in the US. And so now I'm meeting with her in the very near future to hopefully work with her about this issue. So it's just so interesting to me how it happens. And in fact, he was asking me, how do you think of all these topics for the podcast? And I said, well, you know what? I pay attention. I listen, I, I see what conversations are going on social media. People ask me questions. I just pay attention and then I, I go out and if it's something I can contribute to, I want to put it on the podcast. So let me know if there's a topic that you are interested in and I will see you next week. Take care. You've been listening to the Exclusive Career Coach with Lisa Edwards, CEO of Exclusive Career Coaching. It would be great if you would rate, review, and subscribe to this podcast. 
Also, I want to be your career coach, so be sure to ask questions about your career management challenges and job search situation. Until next time.